episode of Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Joining me today is Wario Will. Can you believe it? We're already halfway through the month already. We're almost done with this year. And the fact that next week is Christmas. I mean, it's just kind of funny that, yeah, I think we've been doing so many episodes already. And now, boom, we're already done with another year. Can you believe that? Yeesh. Actually, you're incorrect, Will. Even if we do add seven days, that's not next week. That's Christmas. It's technically the week after. Well, okay, okay, fine. We're a little bit underestimated, <laughs> but fine. But again, we're, we're almost there. Yeah, we're almost there. It's it's not right. Uh, and also here, but is right, is Skull Kid Scott. Yay! Finally, we made it to almost the end of the week. <laughs> now, I do have some sad news, ladies and gentlemen. You might recall that last week during our VGA special, uh, we had the return of Tellius Tyler. After the rant he did about Joff Keeley, let's just say some things happened behind the scenes. And um, Tyler has officially been stripped of his rank. A restraining order has been filed. And uh, he's no longer welcome on NEP. None of that is true, but <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't, if you don't know what we're talking about, let's just say Tyler made his feelings known about Jeff Keeley, including about a poll that we will talk about later. <laughs> he, he, he apologizes; he wanted to do two in a row, but he just couldn't tonight. So we will do the show in his honor, but we will not rant about Jeff Keeley. So sorry, sorry, not sorry, Reese's. But we do have a fun show for you tonight, starting with what have you been playing? <laughs> Uh, we are all going to go first because we united in doing the big run last weekend. Uh, we did get to play it multiple days. At least I know I did. And uh, w- let's talk about what we thought about it because I think our first impression was that it didn't feel too differently from si- just the same and run. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the big difference was the map. It was we were in Wahoo World versus you know the the various same and run specific areas, which was fine. The changeup was good, but I do hope that they kind of make it more like a Splatfest in terms of having multiple maps instead of one, because there's only even with the high tides and low tides and you know the glowfish and the motherships and everything, it still just felt like salmon run. Mm-hmm. But even less uh, variety because we are always in that one map. So that would be my that would be my biggest complaint. That being said, it was still like we were addicted. <laughs> I mean, for sure. Like the the big run itself, while they were like basically uh, hyping up as like a Spatfest event, as you said, it was just basically another extended salmon run. But instead of it, like one is more rewards instead of the the usual like. At least, like, I think it's like I forgot how many how many hours it is between periods. Like, instead of the usual seven hour period or so or eight hours, is like yeah, it expanded for the entire weekend, which is nice. Though I kind of wish they kind of extend the rewards a bit more than the what they have here. But here's hoping they do so. But yeah, it just feels like it's it's still fun. Don't get me wrong, it's still samurai. I enjoy my time with it, but like. I was hoping, I don't know, maybe a bit more something of that. Like, yeah, we have she, we see Kohozuna, but it's just basically Salmon one, but just different maps. So it's nothing too surprising in hindsight. But like, aside from that, like the ward stuff, like I'm still like very surprised. Even if you're like high ranking, like the exe- um, executive uh, VP, the highest ranking gets, like people are nuts. Like if you have not seen the results from the, of the big run, like people... We'll talk are- about later, but not right now. 
all right, all right. But overall, yeah, we we, we three played it, and I had to carry you two because I'm the only one who's a VP here. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry, you carried us. How many times did we lose in our hour together? Uh, excuse me, that the, that our the Jesus had to give us rollers. So oh. yeah, don't blame me for that. <laughs> we had a round. We had a round where three of us had rollers in the first round, and we died in that first wave. Like, I wonder why. Yeah, it was it was bad. And we're like, Iron we, Jesus was that kind. Scott. I really enjoyed my time with it. I would say my only issue was the RNG of switching weapons because I always seem to always get really bad weapons all the time. Yeah. I mean, I know that's part of the, the, the fun of Salmon Run is the, that you never know what you're going to get and you have to adapt on the fly. But there were times I was just, I got weapons I'm just <laughs> not good at. You know, like, like the yes. rifles, the Sometimes are fine. Uh, the bows, I'm not good with them. And then I'll get, then I got something like the Grizzco Blaster, where I'm just like shooting. Oh, the Grizzco is great. That's the best. Like I, I was, especially during the Glowflies run, like that's the best weapon to have. You just stand in front of them and you just press fire, and they like they'll all die. But <laughs> even then, like I'm, I was begging for that at times. Like, I got okay with rollers. It's still not my favorite. I do like the idea of just like rolling over the salmonids and they're all dead. But that doesn't help with everything, and when you're getting swarmed by boss salmonids, and you don't, you have a weapon that you're not good at, you're you're a handicap. You're 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 seriously hindering your team. And I, I'm not saying that we have to change it, but it, it is it is one of the things I do feel holds salmon run back, even though it's meant to add to the challenge. It does make it a pain to play at times, especially when you have three rollers on a team. <laughs> Yeah, it makes it sometimes, well, not sometimes, it can make it very difficult when you have, like, people who are using weapons they don't know how to use. Like, I think it's fine, like, say, the first wave sometimes, because the first wave is usually manageable, even if you don't have the best weapons. But once you get to, like, the second or third waves and you just have a bunch of bosses coming at you, it messes with your everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, especially. I mean, thankfully, there wasn't too many rounds where you had glow flies. But like, if there's glow flies and like you only had rollers and not the right crap, I'm not even one blaster to help you or something of that sort. Yeah, you're pretty much screwed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the round we had the three rollers, we had the mothership, and so we're trying to attack the mothership with rollers. <laughs> yeah, not it even... worked very well. Yeah, it worked <laughs> so well. It so well. Oh, that was another uh, issue I have with Salmon Run. And when you're doing like a splat fest or even just a private match, your ranking doesn't really matter because you're you're you earn points based on your individual effort. And here, because Will was a vice executive, blah blah blah, and me and Scott weren't, we weren't gaining any points during the matches. Nope. <laughs> really? Because like it says, like I'm not eligible for promotion, and basically none I had to play a support role. No, and none of us were eligible like every time we won a match i got nothing but when we lost a match i lost points yep <laughs> yeah same here same here same here yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So, like, that, <clears throat> that makes no sense to me because not unlike a splat a splat team a surf wars team every member is doing their own individual effort to carry the load i carry the load i don't care if one of them is a master in the game they aren't going to win it on their own, which we proved multiple times. After <laughs> yes. I carried the team, uh, <laughs> and he didn't. He really didn't. And so, like, yeah, he, right. like he's watch it, Will. Uh, he, like, Will was the most, uh, you know, high ranking. But you know, me and Scott were doing just as much and getting just as many eggs, if not more. 
and we weren't getting rewarded because he was just uh, that many ranks better than us. And that makes no sense to me. Well, not, you don't do that in turf wars. I'm not sure about the elite bouts because I don't do those. But that that's like punishing us for having a friend we want to play with. Like, I have no one else I want to play with outside of my NEP friends, and that's just the truth. So I'm getting, I'm getting punished because Will has put in a lot of time with Splatoon 3, which we'll talk about later, and uh, I'm not getting any ranks. But then when we lose, I lose huge. And I'm like, that doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. It, like, I, I don't get it why, like, I don't know, you, you can't have, like, Nintendo or the Splatoon team basically says, like, no, you can't have the one um, tanker out there, like, the one who's high level, and basically help carry like literally help carry to help level up on the ranks but no if it's a friends list you cannot do that if you're playing solo you can be eligible for promotion which yeah what the heck splatoon team you you, you can't have like one that that one good friend who's like elite i don't know pro player and you can help help other people carry and you can't be eligible for promotions is like yeah that it's just yeah as you said todd it just doesn't make sense it kind of removes all incentives it's just like try to get more people into the game too because say you are someone who's say big on splatoon and all of a sudden you're like hey i want to join show up some of my friends this game and then they join they don't actually gain anything from it it's just like what's the point yeah i mean remember these events are supposed to be the ones that bring us all together you know like that's the whole point of splatfest you pick a team you work with your team and you try and win and sometimes you do and sometimes you don't but you feel the victory and when we were winning, I was enjoying it. And even when I was, wasn't playing with the guys, I was I was enjoying doing the salmon run, uh, the big run, because it's a very addicting mode. I mean, our our gripes aside, we had fun. It was just annoying when we got like the worst draws, and then Koho Zuna showed up, and we still <laughs> I have still never beaten Koho Zuna. Mm, really? Yeah. <laughs> no, not once. Oh <laughs> uh, man, yeah, yeah. Because even if you, and that's also like another small gripe. Because even if you do beat Koho Zuna. The scales you get, either the bronze, silver, or gold, is completely random. It doesn't matter about performance. It's completely random what you get. So that's kind of another gripe there. Yeah. So uh, overall, you know, it was fun. I played it Friday and Saturday. I didn't play it Sunday. And mm -mm. I, I, I do hope they make some changes just to flesh it out a little more. Uh, you know, make it, make it uh, even a little just funner in general. I mean, we'll talk about the rewards in the news, but... Uh, you know, this is supposed to be like, oh my gosh, the Salmonids are invading, and it it honestly just felt like Salmon Run. Just, oh, mm -hmm. we're, we're in the Splatlands, I'm like, okay. Great. I mean, they were, granted, there was some kind of anything related of a story context. I mean, yeah, they said like, oh yeah, Grisco is like, yeah, putting out the, the call of bringing all of them if you haven't played the single player as of yet. So if there was like some sort of like a single player or story content, like, or I don't know, even leads to like the DLC they mentioned a while back, then perhaps it would have much more emphasis, like like what they do with Splatfest. But yeah, here it wasn't too much of any like story context aside from yet. It's just basically an extended salmon run. So food, food for thought, Nintendo. I mean, I mean, we know you don't hate us because you're not associated with Joff Keeley. So, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> All right. So outside of Big Front Run, let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I want to talk about a story that happened today. All right. Oh. Today, because I honestly will admit I have not played a lot of games. Uh, <laughs> once I got done with Miles Morales, which I did not get to talk about, I, I played uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales for PC. Uh, fun game, short game. Which yeah. Feels very short. 
but easy to review. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, it was easy to review, but uh, <laughs> it was in comparison to the original game, which I, I played earlier this year for the first time, uh, it, you could feel the shortness of it, the brevity, the kind of rushing of a plot, and uh, it would have been easily under ten hours if I didn't do some of the side missions. So you know, but uh, still, four out of five, great game, great showcasing of Miles Morales. Um, one thing I really want to point out. They have a deaf character in the game. Her name oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Her okay. name's Haley, and that just—it just totally blew me away. Like they have a deaf character because you don't see that. I mean, you really don't. Because I mean, the, the idea of us like talking with a deaf character through the like just subtitles—it kind of feels odd. But when I saw it, I—I I know ASL to an extent, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is this is great. Like this is this is real inclusivity, you know. And and I and I felt happy about that. I made sure to mention Haley in my review, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's like like I always say, it's the little things. It's something accessibility and all that. Yeah, go to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, every you want to see yourself in a video game, uh, whether it's because of your your look, your skin color, your culture. Like Harlem was beautifully shown in the game, the culture of Harlem. Yeah, I live there. Yes. <laughs> wait, you live in Harlem? I live in Brooklyn, but I have seen okay. Harlem here and there. Yeah. Okay, I'm just saying, like, wait a minute. I would have known if you were in Harlem. I mean, I tried not to pay attention to you, Will, but I would have. <laughs> Oh, excuse me, dear host. <laughs> well, just, I, I know where most of our hosts live, and I know where most of our Outer Haven people live, and I know that mo they have a majority of people in, like, the New York area, but I would have remembered if you were in Harlem. But So, yeah, I, Bro Brooklyn felt, felt right for you. So, anyway, but uh, so four out of five, great game. I'm looking forward to the sequel, which, just to drop a news bit, that's officially coming out fall of next year for PS5. Do you want more information? So do we, but we're, we, don't, we aren't getting it. Just be glad we got fall 2023 as a window. Uh, but anyway, I want to talk about something I played today. Uh, I have finally had an Among Us experience. I know that sounds odd. I'm one of the few people who never played Among Us before. I tried. I, I downloaded the game because I was going to play. I was going to play with some wrestling friends I had on, a, on another server. And it just never happened. And so I'm part of the Death Battle community, just the community. I'm still trying to work for Death Battle. But they had a special uh, community clash get-together today. And it was, you're going to be playing Among Us or you're going to be playing Fall Guys. So after a lot of talking and trying to get into the server, I finally got in. And the round lasted less than five minutes. And I was the last person killed. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. And, but when I say I was the last person killed, I mean, there were 15 of us, there were three imposters, and they had to kill, like, nine of us to win the game, and I was the ninth person killed. And it, and the game lasted five minutes. The previous match, which had the same amount of people and same amount of imposters, lasted, like, 20? I, yeah, that was not fun. I mean, I was, just, I was so disappointed I didn't say it. Because I was just happy to be there, and I and I'm glad I still did it. But I was like, I was so waiting to like have fun. I really wanted to be the imposter on my first run, but that didn't happen. And so I'm trying to play Among Us on my phone, and and I'm trying to see you know who the imposters are. I you know I went on the cams and tried to find people, and it didn't happen. And then I'm doing something, and all of a sudden I see the kill animation. I'm like, no, and the game over. I'm like, crap. <laughs> my my first and only Among Us experience was less than five minutes. And for a game with, with a 15-player round, like, what the heck? That's not fair. What did I do to deserve that? Yes, I am totally making this all about me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How dare those imposters kill people? Exactly! <laughs> exactly. 
And for those wondering, yes, I did vote in the uh, champions poll. I am a mem I have a champion uh, in Death Battle. It's the uh, YouTube membership. And for the champions poll, I voted for wait for it Among Us versus Fall Guys, and uh, King Ghidorah versus Deathwing from World of Warcraft. So <laughs> I will find out in five days if one of my picks happens. And if if not, that will be internally sad. Okay, I want to rant about one matchup they made. They somehow on the 3D poll they made uh uh steve from minecraft we all know why i hate minecraft steve well we all know why I hate minecraft steve. and then they put emmett from the lego movie what what <laughs> i mean I, I knew i wasn't gonna like every matchup that's just natural nature but that sounded weird that's just natural but steve versus emmett i have never seen that matchup before and then it made it to the champions poll i'm like why why the anyway so, they yeah. want to see builders <laughs> <laughs> i mean i get the references but it's just it's so random and let's be honest the world needs less less chris pratt references all right <laughs> <laughs> like we're still we're still dealing with mario and then all of a sudden i have to potentially watch emmett in a death battle no i think not because that means they have to get a, a chris pratt sound alike for death battle we don't need this what if they get Charles Martinet to sound like Chris Pratt? No, <laughs> that would be hilarious. That's <laughs> ultimate revenge. <laughs> ultimate revenge. But yeah, so my my Among Us experience was um, brief. Uh, very sus. <laughs> All right, Scott, how about you? Didn't you say you were reviewing a lot of games recently? Yeah, so I guess I'll just say the games. Um, Samurai Maiden, Hermosine <laughs> Saga, Min Ma uh, Remastered Minstrel Song. Also went with Chained Echoes, which, by the way, Chained Echoes is a fantastic indie game. I highly recommend. Oh, oh. And the last one is Crisis Core Reunion, the Final mm -hmm. Fantasy VII remaster, which also is a really good game. Wait a minute. They made a Final Fantasy VII remaster? Wow! <laughs> That's a great idea! <laughs> it's not like I have to wait years for that to come out! <laughs> It's not like I totally don't have the remake on PC for like five months and haven't touched it once because I've been so busy. Definitely not. Maybe you'll touch the remaster of Crisis Core instead. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the first game technically, so... It is. <laughs> Alright, so I, I do want to ask you about that because there is a lot of talk uh, amongst the fans about would you define it as a remaster or a remake? <sighs> They call it a remaster. I am inclined because it's probably the like biggest like difference right now that I've seen between a remaster and a remake. Because in one hand they re they basically redid the entire game, but on the mm -hmm. other hand they kept a lot of the same mechanics so that it's not necessarily like a remake. Yeah. So it's it's, right, not, right. it's not to the level that the 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 Final Fantasy VII remake was, where that was like a complete up down rebuild. Yeah, it's it's not that level at all. No. It still has like the PSP, like you can still see like the PSP idle animations, even like the hair textures of like the models of like NPCs are still from the PSP. And so a lot of the things that were like a lot of the bad things also from the PSP era are also in the game. Like the random encounters are still there, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. which the random encounters on the PSP one is already bad in its own time zone. So it's like random encounters. Um, I don't find just generally that bad at all. But in Crisis Core, they're really bad because they do not have like a rhyme or a reason of why they're uh, there. OK, OK, OK. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like my only big gripe, I think, of crisis of the Crisis Core remaster 
is the random encounters are still in place in such a bad way, a, a bad rate. You can literally have a map where you'll have no encounters at all, and you say you want to level up or get health or something, and then you'll have another map where you will literally take a step every second and get an encounter. Uh okay, okay. And there's no way to like change the encounter rate or so. No. no. Okay, okay. Yeah, the only way you can kind of change it is by like hugging walls in Crisis Core. <laughs> because if you're in an area where they can't actually engage you, then they won't actually do an encounter. Uh, so if you okay. hug the walls, <laughs> you have a much less chance of getting encounters. Uh, okay, okay. Jeez. It was a cheat that I did on the PSP, and it's a cheat that still is in the re the remaster. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Like but basically, what I've heard. I mean, even, I've been seeing some plays from Maximilian dude, and like he always says, like, yeah, there is still a PSP game back then, and of course, there is that jank to it from the PSP era, but. Like aside from that, like the presentation, the overall improvement of the presentation, what they could they could have since the PSP era. It, it's like... I, it's so bonkers because they have the cinematics, like the old cinematics from the PSP, still on it. But then when you go to the actual game, the game is so just like polished and remastered, and like it looks so beautiful. Right. That the right, cinematics right. look kind of bad. <laughs> right. Right. In comparison, which is yeah, like, quite odd. Yeah. It, it is. Like yeah. Okay, I, can't, but... I can't. I can't. Uh... Oh, I know that reminds me of. Like Pokemon, but it reverse. Like, think, think, think about like the cutscenes where like you know Nimona is talking to you before she does something, or the like the ones with uh, Arvin and Mabostiff. Like those look beautiful, and then you get into the world, and it's janky <laughs> AF. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like it's like I said, that in reverse. So like, ugh. you think they would fix that? Oh well. But I think it's because they tried to do their best at like uh, upscaling like a 400p cinematic. So it's it looks like it looks okay on 4K, but when you like take it with the actual like graphics of the game, it's just like it feels weird because it's still so grainy from the upscales. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, but, but at least they like had like the re performance from like new VAs to help everyone get it get up to up to up to speed. Yeah, in, regards to, in, in preparation for a re, uh, re, a reunion, you're right. Which I can't imagine how hard that would have been for this in particular because they kept the same um, dialogue as well as they kept the same like models and how they moved. So they didn't actually, I think, they, they didn't actually do like the mocap for the actors. They kept it from the same thing from the PSP. So they had to have the voice actors basically try to replicate <laughs> how it looks on the the game, which I think is really difficult in comparison to having someone actually, you know, replicate your words instead of you having to replicate. Uh, CGI animation. Right. I mean, I still remember, like, back on the PSP game, like, yeah, it, I mean, it was janky, but at least, like, the performance itself was pretty, yeah, pretty consistent. While here, like, when you basically, it's basically a copy-paste on the performance for the VAs, so I can only imagine how tough that was. What that was. Which I will say, like, when I first, like, saw, like, uh, trailers and stuff for the Crisis Core reunion, I kind of had my doubts of how some of the action, how, like, the voice actors were sounding, because I didn't like it as much. But the more that I've like been paying attention to how like they had to do it, I actually really enjoy like Zach in particular, the one they got for the VA for Zach did really, really well in trying to replicate the mannerisms <laughs> of the original voice actor. Like he doesn't do the same kind of high pitch that the old one did that I really liked, like him trying to sound like a high energy puppy kind of deals where they try to go for. Okay, okay. But when he gets to like the the time skip and he like gets his new hair change and everything, yeah, he yeah, sounds yeah. phenomenal. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They 100% chose this for the Zack of the next part of the remake. <laughs> and I can only imagine, yeah, once we hit that, once we get the next game, when, it, when that comes out, that yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously they're going to have Zack in the next part of the remake because he's all over the merchandising and on it. <laughs> think, yeah, someone confirmed that this week. Like, he will be a key part of Rebirth or whatever. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Rebirth. Yeah, yeah. But the question... Dear fellows, him being Zach, Zach being in the next game, is that fair? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh... <laughs> I just, don't let my puns cloud your judgment. <laughs> I would make a I would make a Sephiroth pun here, but I'm not sure how to incorporate his name into a pun. But let's just roll with it. <laughs> so, but yeah. Uh, have you uh do you have your review up for crisis core it's in the process of editing i'm at like the fifth or sixth paragraph right now Ah. Uh, all, right. <laughs> all right okay uh will how about you uh, outside of big run what have you been playing well it's generally happened minor if anything on my side because one i still have to go through my backlog yes yes but yeah like Honestly, Salmon, uh, Splatoon 3 has more or less has gotten my attention to get back because one, I want to try to get finish up with the the catalog, which I'm currently right now at um forty level forty three on the catalog, so just a little under halfway. And like the new emotes, they're nice and all that. And the X, um, just quick heads up, the X, uh, X ranks, yeah, they're tough. Like I'm right now, like just. If you because I believe if you hit like past the two thousand point mark, you do get like the, the special badges like you do uh when you get the when the hundred times ranking in Spatfest. So you do get some um uh honors with that like a, a badge of honor in regards to your name. But yeah, X ranks is very tough. So but you do get like the don't have the risk of um losing points like you do in the in the, um, the S ranks. So there's that. But uh, aside from that, uh, just here been dabbling regarding a little bit of Fall Guys, trying to get through that battle pass. And per- personally, for me, it's always, I've been more or less focusing on Fire Emblem Heroes, which, yeah, the new Christmas banner's out. And I just got to say, I really do like the Christmas Black Knight. I'm sorry, that artwork is just absolutely beautiful. And, like, yeah, you, you thought Black Knight was intimidating itself, but, yeah, Black Knight, Christmas Black Knight. Yeah, that just as an axe, a heavy axe user is, like, props to the artwork, props to the artwork. And, of course, like... Yeah, I'm surprised you're not talking about certain other person's artwork, William. Uh, what? I mean, the Christmas... Come on, you gotta get, get props that this Christmas banner wasn't too bad. Come on. <laughs> really? You gotta really gonna be griping on this Christmas banner? Really? I mean, heck, we, it's not like freaking like, normal Darja. Come on. It's not that extreme. Come on. Bah humbug. Haters. <laughs> hey, Tis the but, season. <laughs> I mean, I mean, continuing on with the banner side, yeah, we have um, an, uh, Tortea alternate, which, again, like, I guess it's kind of going real similar with Manuela, in a sense, like, going from, from the last year, so... I guess there's that's some um, comparison, and of course, um, let's see. Well, yeah, uh, we also have a uh, Annette, which yeah, I think yeah, we have a uh, finally have a time skip Annette this time around. So n- nice little deal, nice deal. And of course, naturally we have the duel of uh, Cordelia and uh, Severa, which uh, a very nice. Uh, that's uh, an odd combination. Like, let's just be honest. Here. That was a really random combination. Really, and not having the, the mother and daughter combo. Really. Wait, what? Cordelia, uh, uh, yeah, Cordelia and Severa. That's no. What? That's mother daughter. I'm thinking someone else. 
They're mother and daughter. Really? I forgot. I'm, I, if that's true, I honestly forgot that. I mean, I know, granted, uh, Severo is in Fates, but again, it, the, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Wait, if Severo is in Fates, then how are they mother? Is she the daughter of Cordelia? It's complicated regarding to that. I mean, yes, there is that the whole time skip plot in, in Original Awakening, and then there's Fates, which they kind of uh, time jumps. I don't know, future jumps or something. Oh, I don't know. I am, it's confusing. Am, it's confusing. I am looking this up because that is. Okay. Okay, Severo is a child character from Fire Emblem Awake. Okay, yeah. So who's the one from... Why'd you say she was from Fates? Is there another Severo in Fates? Uh, I, mean, I thought her name was Selena. Yeah, yeah, Selena. Yeah, like the name... Yeah, they, she changed her name. I know about that. So it, it's it's confusing. I know. Fire Emblem is just confusing. But yeah, uh, going back... Just going back to it, like that, that duo unit is like, okay, nice. I mean, not, not, not nothing I'm going to spend my orbs over on. But again, this Christmas better is pretty deal. I mean, I, if anything else, I'd probably want to go for Black Knight. I just think like, it looks so awesome. So yeah. But overall, it's just been kind of a light, if anything else, and just more or less getting ready for Final Engage, and or if not that, just continue on my backlog. So overall, it has been light, <laughs> but Final Emblem Heroes has been keeping me busy, if anything else. See, Will's got me all confused now because, like, I don't know, I don't know who he's talking about in Fates, but yes, if if Severa, if Severa is Cordelia's daughter, then that's fine. I thought that she reminded me of someone else, so that's why I didn't make the connection. So it's been a while since I played Awakening, if not if not a parent. Okay, so okay, but yeah, at least at least the mother daughter like that obviously looked like a good unit, you know. And uh, oh, there was one thing, uh, for Annette and Dorothea in their art, they have gifts for all the other characters in their houses. That was, oh. yeah. If you look at like their the art where they have like all the gifts around them, each one is specifically for one of the characters. In their house. Oh, okay, that's a nice detail. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. That's a nice detail. And as many people noted, uh, for Edelgard, she got a heart-shaped box. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's just well. Apparently, they have a really deep connection, which I'm not opposed to. And if you remember her conversations, like she was happy to sing the praises of E. Right, right. The, so, yeah, like their uh, bonding events, right, right. Yeah, right. nice bonding. So, just saying. I, that that one I did not notice myself. Someone else pointed it out, so that was a nice detail. I I was appreciative of. So anyway, all right. Uh, and with that, we are going to head to the news because there honestly was quite a bit to talk about. So it's time to go down the warp pipe. And first, the big run. Will I'll let you take this because you were the one who showed the tweet to us of the. <laughs> Shocking numbers that these people, yes, these people. <laughs> We're uh, not calling salmon nuts. Yes. Uh, salmon <laughs> nuts. I, I didn't even say you people this time because I can guarantee that a lot of you people did not get these high of numbers. All right. So yeah, if you have checked out like the results screen, like when they open up the event, obviously, um, off the hook. Yeah, uh, not 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 off the hook. Uh, deep, deep cut. cut. Uh, was basically talking about, oh, getting ready for that. And once the event ended, of course, they naturally showed the results a la Splatfest. And yeah, I, I know Splatoon 3 players are nuts, but I know you don't, you, you understand how nuts they can be, especially with like overseas players, like maybe Japan or here in, in, in Americas. And yeah, like if you're in the top 50%, you had to get at least 85 um, uh, eggs, which that's fairly doable if you're like up in the high ranks, be a uh, professional or sorts. But if you're in the 20%, you had to get up to at least 113 with eggs, which I was I was barely managed to get into the top 20%. 
with 118 as my high score. But if you want to get beat the top 5% to get the gold um, stuff, you had to get 132 eggs. And I, I've seen streams, playthroughs, like Scott Falco, um, he got 122 eggs. But to get 132 eggs, to be in the top 5%, yes, I'm talking about the top 5% of, of Salmon Runners out there, that is just like, how the heck you do 132 eggs? It's like, look, I, I, I granted Splatoon 3 is a very sweaty game. You you will have to, <laughs> it's it's tough. I mean, heck, this I, I argue Splatoon 3 is arguably the better game over, over Overwatch. Clearly, Overwatch. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but... If we're talking about Overwatch 2, I mean, there's not a high bar there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, heck, even Halo Infinite, yes. But, yeah. Oh, not just, a high bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just to see, like, yeah, to see these players going up, getting 132 eggs or, or, or above to be in the top 5% of in Demon Run is just like, dang. And I thought I was sweaty. Yeah, my high score between our run and the other ones that I did, I think was, a, I think might have been 80. And so, you know, I I was proud of that. Like, I was proud to get 80. Then I see, like, people sometimes got double that. And I'm like, how? Like, nuts. Skills and nuts. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. You have to have, and this is just me projecting, you have to have the perfect combo of uh, the events. So, like, I, I think, like, the glowflies are one to get a lot of eggs on, especially if you have the right weapons. The mothership, because the eggs are literally falling all around you. Yeah, those are, that one's yeah. an easy one. Yeah, you, have, you have to have the right combination. Then you have to have the right weapons, because if you, you don't have the right weapons, you're not going to get a lot of eggs. And then you have to have, like, the perfect team, because obviously you can't do it alone. And so, it, so to have people not only just have that combination happen, but to have it happen so much that the top 5% is 100, what was it, say 60? 132 eggs. 132. Oh my gosh. That's 50 more than what I got in like my best run. And I, I was very happy with that run. The, but these guys are saying, ha, amateur. And I'm not an amateur. <laughs> all right? I played Splatoon 1. So yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was quite shocking. And yeah, just kind of only if I have a wonder, like, what's gonna be the next map they're gonna bring if they're gonna bring once the next uh big run will be coming in. So I can only imagine how that's gonna be. And here's hoping they they take our uh, criticism in in mind and yeah, make it a bit more, as you said, Todd, funner or something more engaging. Like yeah, just even add more story context to it. Yeah. Uh, on that note, and <laughs> Scott knows what I'm going to be talking about now. Uh, I almost got fooled. Into no, thinking I knew what the next Splat Fest was. <laughs> so I want to I want to note this. So I was on Twitter and I was just doing a you know a Doom scroll, which I always do at certain points of the day just to catch up on things. And because uh, as at, because of the Twitter formula, if you click on certain things, if you like certain things, you'll occasionally get a suggestion on what uh you know you sh you might want to see. And one of those boxes came up in the form of a Splatoon topic. And it had, the the logo was one that I recognize as the official Splat Versus channel. And in the in the text, it said, I, ha I brought the tweet, I have it up. It was, uh, where are you? Right there. Come on, come on, come on. There you go. Uh, SRL Journalism here. We're happy to announce the next Splatoon 3 Splatfest. This time, we're collaborating with At Among Us Game for a Splatoon X 
uh, Among Us Splatfest. Which role would you choose? Crewmate, imposter, or ghost? Suss each other out when the fun begins on 1230. And I'm like, oh, this is great. We're going to, you know, you're going to start basically the new year with Splatoon 3. And we're doing an Among Us crossover, which I totally could see Nintendo doing. And I was so excited. So I started sharing it around. And then I looked at the handle. And it says Nintendo America. Yep. America! <laughs> and Scott, who had seen this on, probably because I retweeted it, he liked it. And I'm literally posting it to Death Battle because they had just posted about their community clash. And I go, oh my gosh, what are the odds of this? And then I noticed the thing and I'm like, oh crap. So I started deleting it from everywhere. <laughs> so I'm embarrassed that I fell for this. Like, I was so happy. And again, there is a there is an official... Uh, Splatoon thing where or Splatoon versus handle where you can get this information and they and the the handle says Splatoon North America and then the handle is where they have the uh, the shift in the lettering to show you it's a fake one and I blame Elon Musk for this because I I don't blame you yeah because this is one of his changes like oh yeah you can just have a fake account you know it doesn't matter you know it's it's so easy to do a fake one. And I fell for it, and I was so excited because I'm like, I was, I was totally ready for the sell and splat debate. I was going to be the imposter, you know. I, I, I'm ready for that, and like, no, it's all a lie. Right. Even like I, like there was also another uh, fake account I did earlier. They actually like showed up like a, a fake ca catalog, but they actually had a Among Us stuff. Like, wait, they actually bring Among Us stuff here into the catalog, a collaboration? Uh, but no, that was unfortunately a deep fake. So yeah, unfortunately, Twitter is full of deep fakes. Uh, what's new? And of course, we're going to the change up. We're going to Twitter Blue that anybody can get in the blue market whatsoever. And like so. The fact that heck, even the Nintendo, the official Nintendo America account now has a yellow check mark, which is the official official uh, <laughs> verification. Is how like, many colors are we gonna need? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, by all means, it, by tw on Twitter or whatever it is, obviously be on the lookout, be careful, watch out for deep fakes, and just like yeah, be be careful what you see on on the internet. I apologize to anyone. I, for the record, once once I, I noticed that it was fake, I, I untweeted it. I unretweeted it. But it was... I fell for it. I was so excited. I, was I like, know. Oh you gosh. wanted to believe. Like, there was I, such collaboration. And like, we know that they've done these collaborations before. Remember, they had a Transformers one. They had a SpongeBob one. They had the Pokemon one. We know that they'll do collaborations when the one on the topic is right. And this fits perfectly. Crewmate, imposter, or ghost. So I, I am just I was just I was deceived. <laughs> I mean, in the age of crossovers like with uh, uh versus or a uh, fall uh fall guys as well as uh, 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 Fortnite, it's yeah, like Fortnite. yeah, any but anything can happen. So yeah, we're definitely in that age of crossovers. Yeah. So if if you too, if you also uh, fell for this when you saw it, please contact me at Guardians underscore Comic because I I need support. I was. I was so happy for like a minute, and then I saw it was America. America! <laughs> Is that we we have these flat fish in America? Okay. <sighs> I will I will live on, and then and then to top it off, my first Among Us game like lasted less than five minutes, and I died. So you know, just 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 doesn't make me feel good, guys. America is just out to get you. It dang right it is. <laughs> tax season then i'll really be mad at america anyway so uh there there's a splatfest topic pay your taxes don't pay your taxes pretend to pay your taxes <laughs> just I'm, I'm curious who would pick one side so uh going back to the news thank god uh fire emblem engage 
They've been doing uh, even more character introductions. We've been getting a lot of the the emblem rings uh, showcasing. They've been showing off like Lin and Roy. Uh, he he looks like he'd be a really good character to use. But then today, well, technically today for England or England for Eng English, we got a seven minute preview video about uh, Somniel, which is going to be the home base of uh, Alier, the main character, and his allies in uh, Fire Emblem Engage. And it's basically your Garrick Mock Monastery, but uh, with, with some key differences. For example, there are going to be special uh, areas where you can do mock battles to get experience for your characters, which I found very cool. There's a place where you can clean your rings. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. It's there. And the spirits will actually comment on how you're polishing their rings, which is not... They will judge you if you do not <laughs> polish correctly. Apparently, they're taking cues from, like, Astro Chain. Like, yeah, clean your pets, clean your rings. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I mean, I, like, Sigurd because of Faye, but, like, he was totally judging me when... Or judging the character when they were polishing. They was like, aren't you going a bit overboard? I'm like, I'm sorry, do you want a tarnished ring, Sigurd? I'm just like, hello. Oh, fellow tarnished, yes. Tarnished <laughs> Uh, there is going to be, of course, places where you can, you can talk with your allies. You can have a meal with them, which is definitely from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, there is a pet thing <laughs> that you can. It's apparently been there since time immemorial. I'm quoting there. <laughs> it's from time immemorial, and apparently, good things happen when you take care of this pet. That's not suggestive at all. It reminds me of basically they think the the whole um uh, Lilith pet back in Fates like yeah just give an offering <laughs> or pet it and then yeah we'll give you stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's that um, there's gonna be uh, exercise areas where you could do like dance dance revolution style they basically did oh yeah a, a rhythm game which <laughs> yeah, is like it's a yeah, yeah. Game. and if you do it well yeah. you can get special a boost temporarily. Um, there's game, uh, multiple ways to get to earn support with your uh, fellow allies. There have they have not confirmed marriage yet. We're all expecting it though. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what was what was the last one that didn't have marriage? I mean, technically Shadows of Valentia, but that was just because it was an old school one. Right, right, right. That's fairly that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. Was that was a straightforward reason. But Awakening, Fates, Three Houses, like just saying marriage. It's going to happen. And as, as the guys are pointing out before the show, it's called Engage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all about rings. Yeah. So. Right. So yeah. come on. It's there. <laughs> it's I know, but, there. But I, as I pointed it out, wouldn't it be hilarious that the one game where you don't get married is the one that's all about the rings? You know, uh... you can put a ring on it, but it don't mean a thing. <laughs> is that how the song goes, Beyonce? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this... This tra this trailer itself, like as we like discussed it many times prior, like again with that this game was made from the Gust team, and I, I pretty much said it in our Discord chat is like this game is really selling it as like the very comfy Fire Emblem game. Like yo, you can go fishing, you go have arts. Like again, do like the what we have the social links and all that of prior games, but this is like bring the more comfier aspects to the nth degree like with the atelier <laughs> games like with rise and the such because like the atelier games are very arguably very comfy games themselves and now they're kind of bringing that comfiness to fire element which i don't know how you feel about it todd like the whole comfy aspect <laughs> of it but yeah it's just like feel like this is the more casual there is is there is a seriousness story part of it course 
but at the same time, they're just really putting the whole oh fishing, petting, farming, or an, a zoo, a, a little petting <laughs> zoo in a sense in this game. It's just like okay, like they're really bringing the whole atelier aspect to the to Fire Emblem series. All we need are chows, and we're set. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need chow. We need whatever that pet thing is. Zombie or whatever. To answer Will's question, I don't mind the comfy aspect of it. Uh, you know, I really liked how they handled Garrick Mock Monastery. Mm, okay, okay, okay. My only problem with, with Garrick Mock was that, especially after the time jump, it just felt like you were walking around to talk with people. You know, uh, like because okay, because. Because eventually all the statues are repaired, so you aren't going to get any more boosts from that. You basically know what to do with the tea time, too. And by that time, you're, you're probably pretty close to getting, having your marriage character. Um, you know, it, it felt kind of tedious after a while, but I did it because I wanted to you know, talk with everybody. I was literally just going around trying to talk to you, like... I had all the plants I could ever want, you know, all the ingredients and whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. You, you have all the boosts. You're just doing it just because you, you want to have their morale up. So if they've improved that with Somniel, you know, I'm all for it. And after intense battles, which we likely will get, um, I, I, I'm fine with relaxing, you know, a nice cool down, you know, take a break, get to know the characters more, and then head off to the next battle. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. Oh, also, speaking of previews, there was an official preview released by several websites, including IGN. They got to play uh, Chapter 5 of the of the game, which oh. included a major battle, Insomniel, and other stuff. And they said, visually, this is easily one of the best Fire Emblem games. Hmm. They said, gameplay-wise, they love the emblem rings. They want, they have the urge to, you know, like, mix and match with all the characters to bring it out of them uh, to see, like, you know, how, how much they could diversify and all that. Um, they don't. They can't comment on the story because again, they've only seen one chapter. But if it holds up, it could. This could be potentially one of the best Fire Emblem games. Right, right, right. And also as well, like in collaboration with, with, with us to help promote it in Final Emblem Heroes, there is currently a voting thing as well. So apparently, like if you vote for your favorite um, characters that are in, featured in Engage, you know, I think there will be in a featured banner later on down in Final Emblem Heroes. So. I think right now they're currently at um, the uh, dual thief at the hero thief rings right now. So, yeah, like there was also that uh, collaboration as well. So, in regards to this poll, they really want you to engage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on fire. All right, uh, next up, uh, Super Nintendo World. Mm-hmm. We've, we've it's been open in Japan for two years. About, yeah, yeah. About, because it, it was supposed to be early 2020, but then the pandemic happened, and yeah. But uh, it's been open in Japan for a while, and we've been waiting for our chance to get it here in America. Well, we can finally confirm that the Universal Studios Hollywood uh, edition of Super Nintendo World will come on February 13th. And it will be the entire uh, Super Mario World part of the game, or Super Mario Park, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there will be... a additions to the park over time like you might recall we talked about the donkey kong one that's going to be happening in japan eventually so but you will have access to the uh the special interactive exhibits like where you go around and scan for coins and whatnot and activate things in the park you will have the uh, mario kart vr experience you will have the uh, mushroom cafe and the store where you can buy a lot, bunch of nintendo apparel so yeah all of you in cali i'm jealous <laughs> <laughs> same here, same here. And I'm probably never going to go that far. <clears throat> for 
a Comic-Con or something like that. <laughs> uh, I will wait for uh, Orlando because that's where my aunt lives and I can just go visit her and we'll just go there together. So, mm, yeah. yeah, like the, from what they showed, like I, I got a crap like how, how much they invested in like the costume with like the whole meeting great with Mario and Luigi. They even had the move, self-moving eyes. So I, I'll give it that much. And of course, like the gift shop, obviously they got to have that to sell more Nintendo products, be it like the full on Mario cost, Mario and Luigi costumes and such. So, but yeah, just... Finally, we're getting a piece of literally real-world Mario King. Up, uh, yeah, the, the the Mushroom Kingdom in real life is just like uh, now we don't have to go all the way to Japan now. So I'm I'm happy. But again, as I said, I'd be it had to be in California or in Florida. So yeah, here's hoping that it, it pops up sooner than later. Um, yeah, you gotta love that it's right before Valentine's Day too. <laughs> oh, oh clearly that was intentional yeah that's that's a nerd date right there it's like honey i think we should go somewhere special for valentine's day oh darling i was thinking the same thing what were you thinking well honey i'm thinking we'd take a take a day and relax and go to super nintendo world like oh my gosh girl it's opening tomorrow we have to share our time with mario yes <laughs> but i thought you wanted to go to a fancy restaurant they have a mushroom cafe <laughs> They serve mushroom burgers. I, I would not mind that, even with like the whole popcorn thing as well. If I recall, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, babe. Let me just shoot to you straight. Either I'm going to go with you, or I'm going to go see my other girl in Peach. Okay. I'm <laughs> no, I think that's probably the idea. Like, you, they, if you find a, a partner, yes, have them go with you to Nintendo. If they don't allow you to go, get away from them real quick. <laughs> yes. It's like that. That's the litmus test. All right. Will they? Will they? Will they go with you to Super Nintendo World? If it isn't, leave her right away. Yeah, yeah I was, well, was going to make a really bad joke there, but I will not. Uh, 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 former G4 host, I hate saying former. <laughs> I, I still mourn the loss of G4. Uh, former G4 host uh, Gina Darling actually went to the, to the Japanese uh, park and, for Super Nintendo World, and she loved it. Like She mm. was raving about it on, uh, on, on Twitter, and I was just like, if she likes it, then I know I'm going to like it, because she's uber passionate nerd she loves you know showcasing her fandom when possible especially when it comes to anime and stuff like that yes i know nintendo's not an anime just shut up but she was really excited about it and she loved the interactivity so if i have a feeling that when it comes to america that place is going to be very busy for a very long time and if for no other reason people want to go there to you know not go to disney once in a while yes like yes Disney, disney's been there for how long it's time for new blood it's time for nintendo blood okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, you, I, I can't imagine like our people of our generation and prior, like how many people want put this on their bucket list. And I, and here's hoping that I go there one myself. So it's, yes, yeah, finally it's becoming reality now. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, again, February 13th at Universal Studios Hollywood, start making reservations and hope you have a great time. We, I will wait for the Florida version. <laughs> uh, oh, also, the, the voice of Mario in the commercial. Better than Chris Pratt. Moving on! <laughs> uh, to Octopath Traveler 2. Now, this one was one that really made me happy because I noted somewhere that it's been a while since the last character trailer. And thankfully, Square Enix heard me because we got the tr the Thief and Cleric uh, character trailers, and they were very interesting in terms of their story. First up, we have Th Throne. Not Throne. Throne. Fr uh, the Thief. She is a member of the Black Snakes Guild, who is a group raised for pain. That's not masochistic at all. No, it is masochistic, Todd. That's what it means. Uh, 
And they were raised through the pain to be the best around. They will do what their clients ask of them and then clean up the mess that they make so that nothing can tie back to the clients. Uh, Brone is one of them, and she realizes eventually that she really wants to get out of the guild. And so she has to confront mother and father, which totally does not give me Kids Next Door vibes at all. It's like, <laughs> father! <laughs> it's such a great character. But uh, I was interested in this one because... Uh, the the original thief whose name escapes me, I will look that up. Uh, he had a, uh, he had a freedom wish too, but if you recall, that was because he got tricked into a job that he was doomed to fail, and thus had to do other jobs to get his freedom. This one is I'm trying to escape the family that's basically tricked me my entire life, and uh, I, I'm interested in seeing how where this particular octopath goes. So uh, very fun. And then the other one was uh, Tenemos. Sorry, Temenos, the cleric. And he, wait for it, is an inquisitor. Mm, okay, then. Uh, yeah, he is, he is a servant of the church, and there is an attack on the church, which seems pretty basic at first, but the more he digs into it, the more he realizes that there's something deeper and darker going on. So he and his allies have to go and figure out what is going on here. And if you recall, the other cleric story was not this at all <laughs> so i'm really glad they are trying to you know do as different of stories as possible with these classes and characters so that they don't retread on past ground mm -mm, not right, all right. clerics are the same yeah, <laughs> one, yeah one, like one oh, wants oh, to heal the world one wants to inquisit it <laughs> right right i like what well, all props to ophelia yeah in the in the first game but yeah like the different routes of these different characters with yeah like now they have a different take on their classes like oh one's about oh, light and healing no this thing is about inquisition like oh okay now i can actually recruit people of village that like, come with me and do my bidding in a sense which this this inquisitor is like okay fine <laughs> doing god's work yeah. quote unquote yeah. and that, yeah that, that's why i was like that's why i was hesitating on inquisitor because yeah i know what that means <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and just extending on that like they also showed in the trail like of course naturally like the subclasses like so you can like when the, in the past game you actually can combine different classes to help with the with the primary job so they decide to bring that in the first from the first game so which is very helpful like i remember specifically in the first game combining uh the like the mage classes for cyrus yeah cyrus was my and he was just he was a boss mage once i combined the two because he had like super powerful magic he was easy to get bp for and he when you have a lot of characters that have elemental uh weaknesses having a guy that has all the elements on your side is really useful so yeah, I, I am looking forward to the combining the classes again, seeing what paths I go. Also, the the thief from the previous game was Therion. I, I was I was thinking it was something along those lines, but it's been so long. So, but yeah, but yeah, these 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 ones look really good. We still have four characters left to go, including our hunter, our warrior, and dancer, among others. Uh, yeah, the dancer is one I'm interested in because if I recall the first very first trailer correctly, the dancer is trying to spread joy through dancing. Which is absolutely the opposite of Primrose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the darkest stories in video game history is Primrose's. Like, they went so dark with that storyline, and I loved it. I, I really did. But it's just like, I I'm glad they're not going that dark again. Mm, my, my, my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some 
some women like to dance just because they like to dance, not as a guise to find the people who murdered her family, only to find out it was her former best friend who wants to try to marry her because he's really corrupted. And he, uh, anyway, it's really dark. <laughs> <laughs> he made a play of their life with his dream ending, and it goes that they get married in the play, and then she kills him in real life like, at the same time. And I'm just like, yeah, that's dark. Okay. <laughs> Life does not imitate art, you monster. <laughs> All right, but yeah, uh, very excited for the game. That is again February twenty fourth next year. Oh my gosh, the first like five months of next year is gonna be so full of games. <laughs> so, so gonna be good times. All right, uh, next up. Oh my gosh, yes, Bayonetta. Yeah, this is. <laughs> we easily could have done a main event topic on on this, but we will not because wow. Uh, not yet, you not, mean? Not, <laughs> yet. No, not yet. I, I I feel that this is what we need more information on before we do any judgments. Yes. Okay, so let's let's do a recap. The ending of Bayonetta three, which I will not spoil, is very controversial. And then at the Game Awards last week, they announced that they were going to make a uh, Bayonetta Origins game, Ceresa and the Lost Demon. And so everyone's thinking, oh, okay, they're they're ending the series, the mainline, potentially, and then they're doing the origin stories or spinoffs and whatever. There's been rumors of spinoffs for years. Like, there was one, there was a Jean game that was supposed to happen on, like, 3DS, and it never came to light. But uh, according to Hideki Kamiya, the madman who still has blocked Will on Twitter, <laughs> uh, that is not exactly the case. Because in a chat with IGN, he said, quote, I personally can't conceive the Bayonetta series ever ending. I want to make a Bayonetta 4 and Bayonetta 5, and I intend on pitching them to the company. We often talk internally about how we could make nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's not done. I want people who love the Bayonetta series to believe me when I say I'm not going to do anything that will betray the players. Okay, I'm going to pause. We're going to pause on that. <laughs> We're gonna pause on that because again, I can't, I can't, we can't talk about the Bayonetta three ending. If you know, you know. But uh, that's a very interesting line to say after the Bayonetta three ending. So continuing on, quote: Taking the Bayonetta IP as an example, while I have a structure in mind for where the story is going to go far into the future, players are only able to pass judgment on the story that they have at the moment. They'll say things like the series is going to end because the creators have no love for it. I want people to know that's obviously not how it is. I love Bayonetta more than anyone. How could I not love Cereza and all the other characters I fostered for this long? End quote. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot in there. Okay? Like, that's just the truth. There is so much in there to dissect. That is just a package. <laughs> yeah, like if 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 I know Kamiya and my in my impression of him, like one regards to like betraying expectations, dude, Kamiya is like he like I, even I had discussed with Matt here, and like he told me like yeah, again makes great again Bayonetta great spectacle games, but regards to story, you never know what you're gonna get. And Kamiya himself, I mean, from other uh, IPs like with um, a wonderful one on one and other games and such, like um, uh, Vanquish, like those games is like it's, he is him and Platinum Games always make things that will always betray the expectation for, for, for either for good or for bad for bad reasons. So sometimes it'd be good, like great grandiose like with Astral Chain, or sometimes it could be just completely like uh. A washout like with the recent Bayonetta three, it, like you never know what you can get with Kamiya. That that's when like, I know for sure. You just don't know what you can get with the guy. But is it could be good? Is it fresh? Yes. But is it great? That's that's debatable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, again, of the three of us, 
yeah, Scott, you haven't played Bayonetta, right? No, I have not. Okay. Of the of the three of us here, I'm the only one who have, who has beaten uh, Bayonetta three. And again, I will not spoil it because Will has not finished it yet. But it is incredibly divisive online. Like, full stop. It is one of the most divisive endings you're gonna see. And there's been a lot of divisive endings this year, okay? <laughs> and not just in video games, or like in in stuff in general. Like I'm talking Halloween ends. I'm talking, you know, Thor: Love and Thunder, which is crap. <laughs> uh, you know, all all sorts of things have gotten divisive scripts and endings. This is one of the most divisive of all of them. And then for Kamiya to say after this ending that he loves Cereza, Bayonetta, and that he has ideas for like six more mainline games. I'm not sure if you can count the origin story right now, so let's just say it's it's separate. So for six more mainline games and then he says we can only judge the story because of the information we have right now. That's the line that's really like sticking with me because it's a very specific way of saying it. He's not saying like, oh, you don't know how the story might go. It's you only can judge it because of what you know right now. Like, really? It's kind of like he's again, he's talking in the perspective of the creator because he has he's like, I don't know, he's kind of trying to become like, I don't know, the next um, order of One Piece. Like, yeah, he's thinking 5D <laughs> big brain of what's going to do with Bayonetta while we don't know. Like, oh, we're just like smooth brain. We don't know what the heck he's going to go with the story. So it's it, it's questionable but again he is again the creator of bayonetta so we we can only imagine what the creator is thinking and again kamiya being kamiya as it is you never know what he's thinking so again that we we only could just take his word for it but again whether to believe it or not that's for you to decide yeah and i have and for the record i absolutely believe he loves the characters like that that was never a question in my mind but when i got to the ending I was very curious about why they did that ending. And once Will beats the game, once Will beats the game. All right, I'll just I'll just turn on on easy mode and just get through it right now. <laughs> <laughs> once Will I... beats the game, we will talk about this in depth because we we need to talk about this in the context of the ending and how we could possibly move forward, not through the origin story, the spinoffs, but the mainline game. Because it's clear that Kami is thinking mainline series. He's even said, "I'm thinking about Bayonetta four and five, and I'm going to pitch it soon." Which is great, but how though? Mm, yeah. So, right, right, right. So for all you Bayonetta fans, and I know there are many, um, stay tuned. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is gonna get wild. It means so. we may even get more Jennifer Hale Bayonetta. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just wondering if we're gonna even live that long. If we're gonna get that, that many games left, like yeah. I, we're already like in our in our thirties right now, or so <laughs> and we, go, we have more games afterwards. Like, geez, I, I, will we live? Will we live that long? <laughs> yeah. For context, uh, the Bayonetta two came out in two thousand fourteen. So and this was uh, September twenty fourteen. So it was eight over eight years before we got Bayonetta three. Now, there was obviously reasons for that, uh, including the near failure of Platinum Games as a studio. But remember, Nier Automata saved it. Um, <laughs> but even if we were to get it, let's say, in the next three years, let's be generous, three years, that's still 2025. And then he wants to do potentially five more games after that? Really? Okay. So, food for thought, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Umbran Witch, food for thought. All right. Uh, next up, this is one is going out to Tyler, who's again dealing with his restraining order. Um, Sonic Frontiers. We actually have sales data on it, and it's mm. 
actually really good. Because <laughs> okay? everyone was curious about whether Sonic Frontiers would sell well, given the you know kind of mixed reviews and the fear about what Sega was going to do. Uh, the answer is 2.5 million so far. Now it's not stated uh, whether that was uh, they, they they implied it was up to now. Like they didn't say like oh it sold 2.5 million in in two weeks or you know like the 10 million in three days for Pokemon. They didn't do that. They just said Sonic Frontiers sold 2.5 million units so far worldwide according to Sega. That's still great. Okay, mm -hmm. 2.5 million is great. And for context, because some people were smart about this, when Sonic Colors came out which is a rather beloved Sonic game. Uh, it sold 2 million in its lifetime. Mm, like, over yep. the course of years. <clears throat> this sold that in, let's just be generous, about two months. That's pretty good. That, yeah, that's really good for a Sonic game. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. I mean, from what Tyler has said, as well as, like, other people, even, like, Gerard Completionist says, like... This is definitely, obviously, one of the better Sonic games. Of course, music banger and the story <laughs> itself is like, I mean, questionable, but also enjoyable. It, it's actually a deep story. <laughs> right, right, right. And just like that open zone uh, game that the creators were talking about. It's basically, once you, basically, if you, you have to play it to basically understand it, obviously. And um, for what people have played, if you're a Sonic fan, by all means, it seems to be the, the Sonic game, we're back to it. So, I mean, again, the only thing that's missing is Chow Gardens. So, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy for uh, Sega and Sonic Team. Uh, they actually made a game that people liked and bought. So, you know, props to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Also, the, the director of the game has already teased what's coming next. He... Uh, he noted how the next game, whatever comes next after Sonic Frontiers, is going to be bigger and better. And that's a very interesting thing to say. <laughs> so, because this was the biggest Sonic game by a large margin. All right. Like, this was the, the first and only currently open world Sonic game. So, they were throwing everything at it to make it, you know, big and impactful. And obviously, as we talked about last week with the pinball game, not everything worked, but a lot of things did. So for them to say, hey, we're going to do even more with the next one, okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure Tyler is excited about that, because if you recall, last week, uh, he was he's, he's living on cloud nine. Pretty much. He is basically <laughs> gushing. <clears throat> Sonic fans are eating good. <laughs> <laughs> true that, true that. And plus, even with the Netflix show that just came out as well. You yeah, know. Sonic Prime came out. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good. All right, so congrats, Sonic fans and Sega and Sonic team. Good for you. Uh, sadly, our next uh, topic is one that fans are not happy about. Mario Strikers Battle. <laughs> so you might recall that there have been a lot of free updates coming out over the last few months. Uh, mainly, we're getting, we've gotten new characters, new stages, new additions of armor, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the final update has final free update has come out, and I'm quoting that directly. The, the final free update for the game has come out. In it, we got uh, Bowser Jr. and Birdo. Very interesting picks. Uh, uh, Bowser Jr. is an excellent passer who will help set up your teammates for success, and Birdo is a very strong and accurate shooter. Perfect if you want to try and ensure you get goals. Always nice in a soccer game. Uh, <laughs> maybe these guys should go for the World Cup. But I'm just saying, 
Uh, could you imagine the? There you go. There you go, FIFA. If you want to play, I mean, yeah, FIFA sucks, but still. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you want a place to host the World Cup, go to the Mushroom Kingdom. Just do us a favor. Don't invite Chris Pratt. <laughs> I am not over this. I am so not over this. Um, but yeah, a lot of people aren't happy about this though because this means we've only gotten three free updates. We've only gotten six extra characters and a few new stages. Um, the the armor, you know, that, that's just about you know what ones you use and you don't, so I won't count that. But a lot of people are upset about it because the game just came out in June, and here we are six, yeah, six months later, and the game's already done with content, allegedly. I mean, <laughs> again, I gotta emphasize this. Free content. Yeah, exactly. Free <laughs> content. The, the the way they kept saying that implies there might be paid DLC later. And that, that's not better. That's not <laughs> best. So. Unfortunately, that seems to be the case regarding Nintendo games recent lates. Uh, like, uh, you, everyone knew like this game. I mean, again, we were excited for it, but when it came out, it's like again, bare bones, nothing to help it. It wasn't Smart Strikers Charge back on the original Wii, which was already such a greater product. And now here with like free updates, like not even like obviously it's not gonna go like Splatoon levels of uh, DLC content support. Obviously not that much from like several games, but to, for this game, just like it's been done, and now what's next? Like I've seen some people, like even myself, sometimes I agree. Like, dude, it's not gonna get that recognition. I mean, sure, I have seen it, seen the game being on sale many times over on the eShop or or on Best Buy of the sort, but. The fact that one, it's not the same Mario Strikers charge that we know is like it's not the Attitude Era of Waluigi. It's just like I'm we we wanted that, and this was not it. So, like personally for me, I just like one. Just if you can bring back that Attitude Area Waluigi, by all means, I think that would pretty much get us get us excited again. But this was just not it. And the, the last two characters of um, Mario Jr. and Birdo, I mean, nice and all, and of course have Pauline and all that, but it's just. Yeah, this wasn't it, and just it just kind of fell flat at the end. Yeah, so I I mean the game is still playable. I mean there there's still gonna be like you know online tournaments and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the league versus league and whatever your, your team versus your club. That was it. The club versus club and all that. You're still gonna be able to do that. It's just like this is the cap of the free updates, and I and I understand why people are upset. I mean I haven't played the game. That's just the truth, but. I can understand why you're like, we should have gotten more. We probably should have. I mean, but sadly, this is one of those things that, you know, Nintendo got wrong. Right. Like the, the Mario, <laughs> Mario sports games themselves is just like, they're really kind of lacking. Again, I, I played tennis aces. I played the, the golf, uh, super golf is just like, yeah, that's just so bare. And like to think that GameCube era games had more personality than this is just like, it's, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I do feel I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if you were hoping for more. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really sorry, but that's that's just the breaks. Again, like if they if they decided like I don't know remaster Mario Strikers Charge to bring it on the Switch. Again, Attitude Era Waluigi, or I don't know with everyone those characters just like no, literally balls to the walls maddening crazy then by all means i think that people will get it but again we don't know with current nintendo these days so yeah <laughs> yeah so again i'm sorry maybe, maybe nintendo will surprise us with whatever if they do do paid dlc but i know some of you be like it shouldn't have been paid so i'm sorry 
Mm-hmm. All right, let's 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 talk about let's talk about positive news, gentlemen. Let's, let's talk about positive news. Let's talk about Amiibo. Yay! <laughs> so yes, uh, we have finally gotten some updates on the remaining uh, Super Smash Brothers Amiibos, well, four of the five at least. Uh, Sephiroth and Kazuya are going to be coming out on January thirteenth. Yay! So less than a month away, and they look good. Uh, I. Um, maybe it's just me. I think mm-hmm. Sephiroth's face felt a little off. I mean, granted, one day we're trying, like, with the middle creature models, obviously it's not going to be, like, very as detailed, like, with Play Arts Kai from Square Enix. Obviously not that yeah. much. But for what it, for what they showed off in the high-res um, pictures, I mean, they did a pretty decent job, in my opinion. All right. So, and then uh, Pyra and Mithra will be coming out sometime in 2023. That one surprised me because wasn't Pyra and Mithra... Before Sephiroth and Kazuya? No, no, no. They were after. They were after. Well, like, I think it was like Kazuya was after. Uh, yeah, I, okay, maybe they might have been in between the two. Right, 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 right. Kazuya right. was E3. Because, like, that was why a lot of people were a little let down because it was like Kazuya was our big reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was before Sora. It was before Sora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just look that up. But yeah. So I know some people were like, oh, but I want Pyra and Mithra now. Well, yeah, it's too bad. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see, fighter pack. There we go, fighter pass two. Um, but still, the fact that we got the uh, there we go. That's right, I knew it. Uh, they were after Sephiroth, but before Kazuya. <laughs> so n- now you know. And knowing it's half the battle, but uh, <laughs> but yes, Sephiroth and Kazuya will come out on the thirteenth, and then more than likely, Pyro Mithra will come out like a month or two later, which leaves us with Sora. Sora. Mm-hmm. Sora! Yeah, like. Uh, for me, I will obviously be getting like Sephiroth. I'm gonna get at least two uh, Sephiroth and two, maybe two sets of Pyramid. But when it comes to Sora, everybody's gonna get a Sora amiibo. That's because one, it's Sora. I'm t- like I only get a few amiibos for each team, and Sora is on the l- list of must gets when it comes out. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. I-, I still need to find Ike. I mean, I've I have never seen an Ike amiibo. Um, if I recall correctly, because I did saw some uh, press listings that there will be some Fire Emblem amiibos that will be re- reprinting in regards to the collaborative with Fire Emblem Engage. So I think you may have a chance coming up soon, Excellent. I believe. Excellent. If I have to pay Will to get it for me at the Nintendo store, then shit. <laughs> I will do so! <laughs> so. Anyway. Uh, it's a, for all of you amiibo collectors, you know, you, the good times are coming. And hopefully, hopefully... We will get uh, an answer about Sora soon. Um, it's about it's it's honestly fifty fifty. I'm sorry, but it is because Disney and Square Enix both have two. <laughs> it is copyright it. hell. It is <laughs> copyright hell. Like if, if you don't believe us, think about the Sora trailer. Okay, mm-hmm. when they were doing the uh, uh, the stained glass backgrounds, there were no Disney characters there. Mm-hmm. It was just the it was just the original. Kingdom Hearts characters, which might be the loophole that we get for having Sora as an amiibo, but you can bet your bottom dollar that Disney's going to ask for some of the profits. <laughs> right. Obviously, they can't. I don't think they even can show up. Like, obviously, they can't do the Mickey icon on the keyblade. So I think maybe they have to go take that thing off. They'll probably just, just do like the that crown. because anything Mickey, <laughs> of course, they're gonna have like yeah, no, no Mickey, no Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know this is not going to be the answer that everybody wants, but we're just going to wait and see on Sora. Okay? Just <laughs> try and be patient. I know it's hard. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, that's it. 
Okay. We had a lot of news. Like that was a lot to talk about. Surprisingly okay. enough. Yep. 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 Yeah. All right. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, the final. Well, this news is going to the main event, but still, like the, the bigger one of the bigger pieces of news is that Nintendo released their year in review uh, system for the Switch. They did change a few things this time around in terms of like how they showed the stats and whatnot. But we are going to take this opportunity to talk about uh, our stats for our Switch years in review. Then we'll talk about our favorite games, the ones we enjoyed playing the most, which ones we felt were a little disappointing, and so on and so forth, in a new session of the NAP Secret Society. All right. So what's, we're going to do this uh, two different ways. First, we're going to just reveal our stats for our Switch year review, uh, our most played, you know, how many hours we put into it, et cetera, et cetera. And then we'll do it, like what we thought about all the games. So I will go first because I am the host. My most played game, not surprisingly, was Xenoblade Chronicles 3, <laughs> followed by Pokemon Legends Arceus and Triangle Strategy. For some context, uh, let's see. Uh, sorry, they they changed this up so much. I've got to scroll. Right, right, right. Even when we did sum it up, they don't really give it too much details on it. You have to go on the main side of it. Yep, yep, yep. So for Xenoblade, I played sixty three hours across thirteen days, which was, yeah, it was thirteen. Oh, thirteen official days. I had to like lose a day or two because of work, but and I actually had to ask Keith for an extension on the review because I wasn't going to make the two week deadline. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, 63 hours, and I was not doing all the side quests, all right? I still missed out on plenty of extra heroes and whatnot. So, yeah, that, that, that feels accurate. And then uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, I played 54 hours across 25 days. So that was, uh, that was a lot. Uh, I, actually surprised, I actually surprised I played. That's 20 more hours than I did on uh, Scarlet and Violet, which was 33 hours. So that's very impressive. And the triangle strategy, uh, I did 38 hours, and it would have been longer if I had actually tr uh, done the second route to try and get the golden route, because I didn't get—I wasn't allowed to do the golden route the first time, because I guess I misbalanced my character. So you know, screw you. Triangle. And there's also certain flags you have to trigger, right? Right. That's right. true. That is true. So I was doing the golden route, but then I got sidetracked by stuff, and and I just never got around to it. But I will—I will get back to it because I want the happy ending. Gosh dang it, my ending was tragic. <laughs> it was and it was the least of three least of the tragics it was the least tragic of the three and it was still bloody tragic so that, that shows you why you need to get the golden round so yeah and then other games i played uh kirby and the forgotten land i played 10 hours fire emblem warriors was 31 live alive 22 uh i'm currently at 32 hours of uh splatoon 3 but i think that was not yeah that was after the big run so yeah but still that's pretty good uh, 27 for Sparks of Hope, 33 for Scarlet, and 12 hours for uh, Beta 3, and then Saints Row the Third, my perennial game that I always go to, uh, five hours. So <laughs> I, I blazed through the plot. You know that was that, that wasn't my. You know I, I was going for the long run. I was just trying to get entertained. So yeah, that's me. All right, Scott, how about you? Alrighty, so my most played game is also Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> um, I only had 52 hours in it so far, but I'm also not done with it. <clears throat> but I've also been doing side content on it. Yeah, um, you, 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 and, you and Will have done more side content than me. 
<clears throat> want to get all the classes and all the characters. <laughs> yeah, and then hack everybody. Yay. Yeah. Um, it says I've played it for about 27 days. Let's see, my second most played game was Fire Emblem Warriors 3 Hopes at 51 hours. I like how it was just one hour difference. <laughs> 52 hours to 51 hours. Um, I think I probably played this actually more than you two just because I did two routes instead of just one. Fair. <clears throat> and uh, I can say that it wasn't worth the second route <laughs> after you get mm -hmm. to the end. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I still enjoyed Fire Emblem Three Hopes. Um, and then my last one is Pokemon Scarlet at 44 hours. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that seems about right. So. With some notable mentions of Chrono Cross at 31 hours and Pokemon Legends Arceus at just 28 hours. Did you beat Arceus? <laughs> Yes, I did. That's interesting that I that I beat you in Arceus, but you beat me in Scarlet or Violet or whatever. Like that. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I did like I did twenty some more hours in you, and maybe it's just because I took more time on that one. It's hard to say. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. yeah. All right, Will. <laughs> yeah, personally for me, I'm just kind of like not really too surprised with these stats. So my most played game at sitting at 215 hours at fi over 52 days is Splatoon 3 because <laughs> one, yeah, one, I love Salmon Run and plus I think it's just because of like the competitive aspect of it, like I think that's what more or less drew me in. Yes, it was frustrating to lose many consecutive losses, but it was just so good. I, I was addicted to it. It was it, it was categorized as my most played, played at launch, and my intense burst uh, part of the game, uh, my pl pl uh, play log. And my second one is basically uh, like you guys, uh, Zimbabwe Chronicles 3, sitting at uh, four, 143 hours over 35 days. Oh my gosh. Played. Wait, hold on. Did you say you played 143 hours of Xenoblade? Over 35 days, yes. 143, oh. 143 hours, and you're not done? <laughs> I wanna do everything. I did the hunts. I did. I'm going through every single aspect. Like you know that sea thing, that ethereal sea, which I like. Where you go use that ship and basically uncover the map, quote unquote. That thing it, it, it drives my OCD to the point. I know. Oh I know. I'm gosh. nuts. I'm nuts. And of course, like doing those uh, legendary hunts. Those legendary monsters, the alpha monsters you have to fight off, is like yeah. I want to do that because I don't know. Great wars and all that, of course, yeah. But yeah, like yeah, 143 hours over the early five days, my most played intense burst and started this year. So yeah, that's my second most played game. Uh, my third most game, uh, going at 126 hours over 34 days, is Monster Hunter Rise. Are right, and of course, if you have played Monster Hunter Rise, it is a fun haunted game. Great, great content from Capcom and continuing uh, uh content support update over the years is just like yeah, you you will come back to this game in which yeah, Monster Hunter Rise, it's fun. And if it's coming out on PC, coming out to other consoles, by all means, it's just that fun. And just rounding up, I like the top, like the last, uh, my number fourth game is indeed Triangle Strategy, which I played over 107 hours over 26 days, and that was going to the Golden Route. So, it, yeah, like Triangle Strategy is just definitely that fun game that 
it, it will take time out of you. Because, as I said, Todd, it is just like if you want to go for the golden route, then yeah, you had to trigger tr- um, certain flags and all that, which I did, and it was a very happy ending, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and just uh, like uh, uh, just an honorable mention is uh, Kirby Forgotten Lands for over twenty six hours over seven days, and that was a full completionist run. Yeah, so that, that you was won't. The to him and me, he did the full completionist run on that one. I stopped after I beat the main game. <laughs> and it's only 26 hours so it's not that long in comparison i mean granted kirby games so yeah overall i think yeah that's my uh, play log or recap so as you can see we played some sim- same games similarly we played some games more than others and so now we will judge these games on their merits and or lack thereof and talk about our our picks for nintendo game of the year not game of the year overall because that would get involved with other systems, and I know we've all played other things, but uh, for our my Nintendo the game of the year shouldn't be a surprise. It's Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Mm-hmm. This game was so good. I was not expecting the story that they delivered, the emphasis on characters and decisions, and as, as I noted in my review, it's a battle for life and its meaning, which sounds like you know that's oh that's RPG fair, but they really went deep on this like like everyone has a different motivation for life and like a definition of what it is in this world where you're supposed to only live 10 years and then you find out the truth of it all and then you know once once you get to the ending guys once (laughs) you get to the ending (laughs) when we get there when 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 you get there uh it's so emotional and like everyone's like oh i'm crying at the end i was like yeah so was i like i was so invested and i only played it for you know what does it say like 56 hours or so uh that was oh 63 63 hours and i was so invested and i didn't even touch a lot of the side content even though i thought i did i clearly didn't because i was finally like oh there's this here where you can do soul jacking i'm like wait what so, and I opened a whole new mini game for everybody. Like, all right. So, uh, I will play that game again, and I will cry all over again. And it was so worth it. And I was—that's why I was so happy when it got nominated and should have won Game of the Year at the Game Awards because I wasn't expecting it. Because I really thought that this game would kind of fly under the radar, and you know because oh it's a nintendo game and you know oh you, you know xenoblade you know that was kind of niche and whatever and i'm glad that it got noticed because this game was so beautiful in like everywhere now yeah it had its faults especially in the combat in certain areas but i enjoyed it so dang much and if i didn't have that review to do i would have extended it for as long as possible and you know until i got to splatoon but i would have enjoyed every minute of it and even now I, I i still like well up a little bit thinking about you know noah and mio and yune and, and all of them i'm oh, sorry uni and all of them um it's it's so good it was so good and even though i'm talking specifically for nintendo game of the year it is my game of the year i've played other games and from other sites especially now on pc because i have a good one and this is my game of the year, like by and large. Like, sorry, God of War and Elden Ring, but you know this game has everything you do not. I said it. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> yeah. And we have more. And guess what, Kratos? We have more than one boy here. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing God of War has that uh, Xenoblade doesn't is is a is Richard Schiff. As Odin. 
like that guy's a phenomenal actor. I, like I mean, that's also, kind of also a fun fact as well because like even though the voice actor for uh, for Vermeer, the the decapitated head, is indeed Senator Armstrong. I found that out. <laughs> so yeah, think of that when you will. Uh, Thanks for that visual. <laughs> that, that's an interesting statement there. Do you mind telling me your source? My source is I made it the F up. I see someone saw the Maxor video. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those things are all over the death battle for Ormitz. It's crazy. I love it so much. Uh, but yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is totally my game of the year. And, I, and uh, if you haven't played it, please try it out. It is so weird. You don't have to play the other games to understand it. They, t they reveal how they all tie to one another. Um, so just please go try it out. You will not regret it, I promise. So, all right, Will, how about you? What was your game of the year? This one, I'm kind of having a bit of like deliberating. It really is between either Kirby and the Forgotten Lands and Mario plus Rapid Sparks of Hope. Like, th these two are, are fairly bite sized in, in the grand scheme of things, but and they're just one that's just personality wise. I mean, I love Kirby and Forgotten Lands just because, like, one, it's Kirby, it's comfy, but also has that challenge. Then again, it could be same. Same can be said for Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope because one, it's full on personality. Grand Kirkhope and just like the cast itself is like, yeah, healing vibes, literally. Like that. That's Rabbit Peach. Like, but if I had to choose between one of those two, I'm gonna have to go with Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope just because, like. Uh, like, like I, I guess, with um, in terms of like Xenoblade Chronicles 3's passion, like you can tell how much fun they have were having with this game. Like from Grand Kirkup, from the creative director, uh, like how this is already one of the more better Ubisoft games out there in their library. Again, collaborate with Nintendo, so like from from Edge to Mario Luigi, just like the whole XCOM file uh, gameplay strategy wise, and of course, not even the story itself. When you see Rosalina and, and such. It's just absolutely amazing. So, like the music, like it's just wondrous. The gameplay, just like snappy and on hand. Yeah, like Modern Rabbit Sparks Hope is just like a game that you know it's just full on passion. It's not about the money. It's not about like a profit. It's just pure love, and I think that's what what makes this game personally a game of the year for me. It's just like it's full on love from the music again music grand Kirkhope, the gameplay is i I'm, I'm i'm being a broken record i'm sorry but it's just it is just that good and how many times we on the podcast been singing its praise of this game it's just like yeah mario rabbits never thought it could work but it did and i'm happy for it so yeah mario rabbit sparks hope i, I argue is definitely my game of the year that's a good one that's a good one okay scott <clears throat> so just like Everyone here, I'm torn between two games. <laughs> um, so in terms of how well it's constructed, the voice acting, as well as just how everything and presentation works, I'd probably say Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yes. <laughs> in terms of how much fun I had with a game, I'd probably go with Pokemon Scarlet. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Because, yes, the game itself definitely could use a lot of tweaks and performance um, optimization. But in terms of just being able to actually catch Pokemon with people and have fun with, like, other Discord servers of being mm -hmm, in their worlds mm -hmm. and raiding and doing a lot of things that I never thought I'd be able to do in a Pokemon game, Pokemon Scarlet gives me a lot that I've wanted in a Pokemon game for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So those are my two spectrums, I guess, just because 
I am still a bit of a, a cynical critic. I will go Xenoblade Chronicles 3 just because it is overall the better game. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, trust me, like we've talked about this a lot over the podcast, but if they had fixed the glitches and the bugs and like the, all the little things, I, I Pokemon Scarlet and Violet could have been my game of the year easily. Like it could have been the best Pokemon game ever. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't even the best Pokemon game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> right, we have Arceus. Yeah, Arceus. <laughs> I know that sounds weird to say because like one is infinitely more open world than the other, and it shows. But I felt Arceus was more put together. It, uh, the story, I would probably give the edge to Scarlet, but not by much. And the feeling of the game, the feeling of Arceus, was definitely on par with Scarlet, if not a little bit better. And it didn't have infinite amount of glitches. <laughs> right, right, right. So, I, I'm just saying. So, I, I totally understand your pick, Scott. And I, we all enjoyed, you know, we who played it well. <laughs> we, I, I have played more than you, so no, yes, I get no, it with Xenoblade 3. No, I'm saying Pokemon. Okay, okay, okay. You haven't played Pokemon. But those who have played Pokemon have been more or less positive, despite what Metacritic will tell you. So, which shows you what you need to know about Metacritic. <laughs> uh, I'm going to review Bomb Pokemon. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, but yeah, like everyone, mo- most people enjoyed the game. It's just we can't get over the fact that it's just so broken glitch wise. And we, <laughs> we, we expect more. We expect better from Pokemon Company and Nintendo. So, on that note, let's now shift to our disappointments for the year. Uh, I actually won't say. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet because I, I did absolutely enjoy the game. My disappointment of the games I have played is uh, Fire Emblem Three Hopes. Okay, uh, okay, okay, fair point. Now, here's the thing. I gotta be clear on this. I love Three Houses. It's one of my favorite Fire Emblem games ever, by far. Um, I was thrilled about Three Hopes because I enjoyed the first Fire Emblem Warriors. I loved Age of Calamity, which is by the same people. And so I was like, okay, this is gonna this is gonna feel the same. It's gonna it's gonna have that you know that style and a lot of it was but then a lot of it wasn't um i was fine with the shift in story you know the alternate timeline that's what they did with age of calamity i was i was was totally fine with that um they even fleshed out some of the plot points that wasn't touched on in three houses as much unless you played all four routes and even then um my problem was that it felt like a slog to get through (laughs) even one path takes you so dang i'm actually gonna go back into my year and review so i can find out um because I played one route. I played uh, Azure Gleam, which was the Blue Lions route. And it took me, I felt, forever to get through that game. and then Or through that one round. Yeah, there we go. It took me 31 hours to get through one storyline. 31! And I was, I will admit, I was technically doing, you know, the completionist kind of route. You know, trying to do all the side maps to get all the items and build up my characters because you needed to at times because some of these enemies are really really tough but by the by the time i was at like i was begging for the final levels <laughs> i was begging to get to the end because i i really wanted to stop all right like and that's just the truth i played it for 12 days um and that's how that's how long it took me 12 12 days 31 hours to get through it all or to get through one run one and by the end i did not feel compelled to play the other two routes. I mean, I have I have no judgments on them, like quality-wise, story-wise. I, I don't know them, but it took me so long to get through it, and like it, at points of it were seriously tedious. 
Like, oh yeah, do this level because here's this one. Oh, you have to play these two levels so you can get to the main one. But you probably won't do this one because you'll get extra items and blah, 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 blah. And it just felt, it was such a grind. And I don't mind the grind when I feel that it's earned. But this just didn't feel as earned. It felt like, hey, let's throw as many levels as possible here so that, you know, they get their fill and then they might want to do the next one. I would have rather this had been, like, 15 hours per each run. That's 45 hours plus for the whole game. I would have enjoyed that. I would have absolutely enjoyed that. But it was 31 hours for one run. And that really got to me. And I still have, I have not played that game since I put it down. And I've had time. <laughs> okay. I could have gone back. But it is. So it wasn't a bad game. I gave it a four out of five for the one run that I did. But yeah, I felt that that was one, was one that they absolutely could have done better on. Okay, 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 okay. This, yeah, is yeah. Part, this is the part where you talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, even with, like, the amount I have played in, in Three Hopes, it, like, that's, unfortunately, the, like, like, the downfall of Musou games. Like, if you have played the Musou, you know, like, there are some Musou games that actually is worth it. I mean, again, Age of Calamity of sorts. But, yeah, here in Three Hopes, like, as, as you said, Todd, it's, like, it's the, the Musou game, Musou grind was a bit too much, and therefore it just kind of, like, dragged on. Yeah, as I said. I mean, Scott, you played two routes to my one. Did yes. You, did you feel the grind? I mean... So, yes and no, but I so I actually agree with you that uh, Three Hopes is my biggest disappointment of the year. Oh, I'm not alone! But it's not for necessarily the same reason. I actually really liked how the Muso gameplay works in Three Hopes because they constructed it a lot better in terms of its balance. But I do agree that a lot of like the extra levels that you have to go from point A to point B kind of just add extra fluff. And uh, especially like the Black Lions, the they had a humongous amount of just, I don't know, there's just so much extra stuff you didn't need in it that was there. They kind of just bloat some of the chapters up. And one thing I noticed too is when I was doing my second route is it almost doesn't really matter what happens that you choose in the first route because the war the battles kind of stay the same in terms of who wins what just because instead of you joining one side it'll be violet that join, joins the other side and it kind of just makes it so it's not worth the extra run like when i did the second route i was kind of disappointed in how little was changed even though i chose a different person a different like house to go to and it just kind of made me sad because of how much more this game could have been because three hopes had a like a lot of things they could have done and a lot of creative creativity that could have been there but they kind of just let you go through one route and you already know basically what happens regardless of who you choose and it doesn't help that you have like a few different endings but the ending is always based on one choice only really it's not based on other choices or you doing 100% or completioning things, which makes it feel even more like the things that you did don't feel as instrumental as they should. Even though I still love the gameplay, I still love the way that they do the moves, so I still love that they actually added a lot more versatility with the units and being able to actually choose where and who goes where, and you actually can, especially like on the big maps, where you can have uh, your selection of up to eight of the characters doing what you want them to do and for the most part they'll actually you know actually win their fights they'll actually destroy the peasants or the peons in the map you don't actually have to babysit everybody 
which is one of my biggest gripes I had with the original Fire Emblem Three, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, was you had to babysit a lot of the units to make sure they wouldn't die. Yeah, I actually had that problem with Mount. Like, there was one level I seriously could not beat. It was the Constance level in Azure Gleam, where uh, you had to, she was testing out a spell and it backfires, because of course it does. And <laughs> I had to beat these characters and protect your other characters. And every time, like, something would go wrong, even though I'm doing, like, I'm playing exactly the same way that I had the entire run. And it's just not working, and I'm like, why? <laughs> why is this working? So I like, I was just like, that was the only, <laughs> that was like the only level that I ever just straight up rage quit because I was like, I'm just screw this. I'm not gonna do it. If you're not gonna, if you're not even gonna give me a chance to win, even though I'm not doing anything different from before, you know, why should I play? So I'm glad I'm not alone and not like it. And I again, I like the game, but <clears> there was like you said, there was so much fluff. We didn't mm -hmm. really tell the like I'm, I'm used to having some of the fluff in Muso games, but this one has more than necessary. <laughs> but that—that's just, yeah, that's my big opinion on Three Hopes because I—I'll probably still eventually do the third route, but I just won't be as invested in it. Because I was so excited to see how things differed when you choose the different round. It's just like, oh, nothing really changed. Slight <laughs> variation, like with Mass Effect 3. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is obviously a huge difference from Three Houses, where the entire storylines were basically different. Yeah. In terms of like how characters ended up, what the results were, and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, that, that is disappointing to hear. And it makes me like not want to play the game again. <laughs> right. There's no... if there's the, the only reason I would play... Is so I could hook up with another of the waifus. <laughs> I mean, go for that. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go grinding for waifus, by all means. But yeah, if you want to go, if there's that much fluff, yeah, it's not even. Go perfect. for the golden deers. No, so you get Hilda. <laughs> uh, no, I'm definitely fine with not marrying Hilda. I didn't. Marry Hilda. I didn't marry Hilda in three houses. I will not marry Hilda in three houses. I married Petra in in the, my my Azure Gleam run. Uh, which is interesting because she's a black eagle and not a blue lion, but I was just really happy to recruit her. Uh, I'd probably either go for Manuela or Dorothea or Mercedes, which Tyler still hates you for. Uh, he doesn't like that I like Mercedes. What's wrong? I like I <laughs> a like... lot of people. Like, yeah, Tyler does not like Mercedes. I, I, I Japanese voice acting Mercedes, I don't mind, and English voice acting is decent. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. She's a little high pitched, and you know that would usually hurt my ears. But I just liked her sincerity. Like, she, mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. there's something yep, yep, wrong yep, yep, with yep. liking a nice woman. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> and trust me, I like buff women. You know, I like ones that, you know, are mean to me, but in a Rinka. Nice, yeah, or like like a Sundere, you know, like, yeah, that's right, I know the terms, you know. I even heard of a new one, Asado Dere, which is like sadism, and yet they're doing it <laughs> because they love you, kind of. You know, You're going like, into that hole, dear. <laughs> You're yeah, going into that hole. I know, like, it's, it's anime, so what, what can you do? But, like, I just really liked Mercedes, and Tyler just didn't get it. I'm just like... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The taste of waifus is quite a debatable issue exactly. out there in the world. We all, we all have our different tastes, all right? And I would know. I see Will's Twitter feed all the time. Anyway. <laughs> I won't talk about the post that I saw today because of Will, because no, I don't want to talk about it. All right. Speaking of which, Will, I'm very curious about this one. What was your biggest disappointment Nintendo-wise this year? 
Nintendo, because thankfully I didn't have that many games in the Nintendo library I have bought. I mean, thankfully, so it I was kind. Thankful of that, Will. You're on a Nintendo podcast. You just you just said you were happy. I mean, like great, because then I don't have to have that much choices. So like, oh, I like I'm not as backlog. I mean, it's not even on like on Sony side of things, I didn't have bought many games, too many games this year, just because like yeah, there wasn't really anything much. I mean, if anything else, I'm glad I bought Persona Four, per, not Persona Four, Persona Five for Switch as well as Near Automata, but I have to get. I could play those things, but for this year, like that came out this year for Switch. I mean, the only thing that pretty much was a like a major gripe for me was indeed Bayonetta three. It's not just because it's not just the not the ending itself because again I haven't finished it. But as I mentioned in a prior podcast before, it's just like if you want to go for perfect perfectionism like myself, it's just and on absolute hard mode, it is brutal. And the fact like yeah, like. Again, platinum games—they want to go pure perfectionist. Again, want to go with that pure platinum, and like that, it just that irks me. And I mean, that's the reason why I, I took so long to, to finish up Bay- original Bayonetta two. So going back here to Bayonetta three, especially when there's like the, the margin of error is so small, you you have to do absolutely perfect, no hits, no no damage, no whatsoever. Like get the perfect frame of dodging right, or else like if you get one hit, nope, ruin per- pure platinum. You're done start over and even the checkpoint system is so ah, the checkpoint system in bayonetta 3 was just so like if you want to go for um platinum pure platinum is just a griping i mean sure they, they separate the the checkpoint system fairly decently but if you had to like uh, like you know this todd like when you had to do redo those set pieces and all the time if you want to go for pure platinum like if you're playing it for casually by all means then yes like you won't you won't have a problem but if if you are that person that wants to go pure platinum get that pure perfectionist rating and i don't know if there is a completionist pure completionist run for that you're getting pure platinum for all the chapters then yeah that it will be a pain in the butt so not because of the ending but just because of the gameplay itself like it's fun it's fun it's fine it's, it's not as fluid as Bayonetta 2 but the fact that like again pure platinum like and all that else is just that's the reason why I would argue that Bayonetta 3 was kind of disappointing for me, just because yeah, it it, it punishes you. It I mean, sure, it's Bayonetta, it punishes you regardless in, in either ways, but it it this game it just punishes you in a sense. I I, ha- I was playing on like regular difficulty and I struggled for a, like you know at times to get above silver for an entire level, let alone try and go for pure platinum on hard difficulty. And and there were some of the demon weapons and summons that I just mm. couldn't control. Like there's a you get a tower later in the game, like a literal demon tower, and it is like the most complicated thing to control. And I'm like, why did they think this was a good idea? Right, right, right. And I know the ending, so it's like, you know, and when I can play just as much about the gameplay then as the ending, that should say something. No. So yeah, like what, the addition of like the monster mechanic, like i'm just happy you having just bayonetta play by itself i mean the unknown climax in bayonetta 2 i mean sure it was it wasn't as like revolutionary like with the muscle summonings but the fact that like that it kept the, the combat flowing is just like yeah that was good and now here in bayonetta 3 with the monster summoning it just like it kind of detaches from that like what that a lot of people kind of uh, criticize about it so yeah that for me that's kind of the reason why i don't i feel bayonetta 2 is a little bit on the downside like the backtrack all right and with that, we are ending this episode of the Entertainment Podcast. Yes, I feel I feel the essence of Tyler. He is calling to us to tell us the poll results from last week. <laughs> Forgot about that, didn't you? Yes, we made a poll, and it was 
I still can't believe we did this. Uh, <laughs> the poll was, how do you like Jeff Keighley as a person? <laughs> Remember that he is Canadian before you answer. That is a direct quote, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 10 of you voted. I'm actually kind of glad we didn't go above 10. And 70% of you said no. <laughs> so that means that 70% of the population <laughs> does not like Jeff Keighley. <laughs> Welcome to the world, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just so... I can't believe Tyler actually fell for that. I mean, his rant is hilarious, no doubt. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if, I, I, I'm I'm not going to tell you where I voted, but I'm pretty sure you can guess based on what I talked about last week. So yeah, and of course, let us know what you thought about the uh, new trailer for uh, Fire Emblem Engage. Are you going to be someone who goes to uh, Super Nintendo World in Hollywood when it arrives next year? Are you excited about Octopath Traveler 2 now that you know more about the characters? What do you think about Bayonetta potentially going nine games deep? And are you mad that Mario Strikers is ending its free updates? And of course, your favorite and least favorite Switch games of the year. Let us know in the comments below. So, for Go Kid Scott, for you will, I am Triforce Tile, ladies and gentlemen. We are out of time. We are not allies. We made the end of the level. So, raise the flag. <laughs>